Whoa. Listen, good morning. If you're listening to this in the morning, if you're listening to the afternoon, good afternoon. And if it's the night, good evening, man. This is Connor Hallway, a.k.a. Big Bochi, and I'm currently recording this live from Phoenix Down. Recording. Just kidding. I'm recording this live from the Warehouse 11 in Somerville. We just transitioned over to a new space. I'm just so used to saying that. It's weird. It's weird hearing that. But, yes, we switched studios. Um, I'll have pictures to show you guys soon. Shouts out to John Scott for having me over at Phoenix Down. Um, he's coming up soon, so I'll, I'll be a little bit more elaborate in, in thanking him and letting us build in the city and what kind of why we made this transition. But uh, big shouts out to Jay Scott. With that being said, this is the Golden Hours Podcast. If you are listening to this show and you like it and you are getting any sort of value from it, all I ask is, hey, man, hit up your shorty, hit up a friend, just say, hey, listen, this podcast is great in the city. They're doing a really good job. They're doing something new in the city no one's done before. That would mean the world to me, man. And even if you're not in the city and you're listening, I know we got some people listening in New Hampshire. We got some people listening down the Cape. Just share it with a friend. That's all I ask, man. I'm, I'm going to get some really cool people up here. I'm going to work my hardest to provide you guys some value in the podcast. And uh, we're going to keep it rolling. I'm not going to slow down because I'm kind of a psycho. But yeah, that'd be huge. With that being said, this is episode 108 with Abu, a.k.a. Big Fresh, a.k.a. Abu 617 a.k.a. I don't know how to fully pronounce your full name yet, but you are my guy. Abu is the one of the executive producers for the show. He cuts up a lot of the clips that you guys see, and he makes sure the audio sounds fresh and... He's an incredible DJ and producer. So this dude, and he understands computer science and coding. So Abu is viciously multi-talented. He's my dog, and uh, I'm really, really blessed to be able to work with him because uh, he's a hard worker and he's got a really, really good sense of okay, this here's an open niche in technology. This is something we could try, and he's creative, man. I'm learning like, hey, you gotta start surrounding yourself with really smart people. So Abu immigrated here from Mongolia. And I believe he's on a green card. I don't want to mess that up. But he kind of talked about immigrating here, ingratiating himself in the creative community here, and how he started his collective balance. It's not Blanc, it's balance. And I think some big takeaways for people listening in for some hashtag value is one, what it was like immigrating here from Mongolia to Boston. That's crazy. Not many people can tell that story. Two, how to ingratiate yourself in a creative community around here. Kind of some of the spots he hung around, what he did, how he links with artists. Three, how to be a great guy. There's a bunch more. I'm just thinking of a million things right now. But, yep, I hope that helps. Again, this is Connor Hallway. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to keep growing the show. We're going to keep doing more. Without further ado, episode 109. Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait, was that not it? Hey, enter, just, you forgot to enter. Hi, I'm Abu, a.k.a. Big Fresh. Big Fresh is in the building! And this is my golden hour. Oh, oh God, what's going on? Where am I going? Oh. Dad? Yes, my son. I am Deuce, the Deer God. I'm so confused. Who am I? Derek. Your true name is Dercules. Dercules. Wait, what? Yes. You are Dercules, the god of the forest. 
Five. Hosted by your favorite podcast host, Big Bochi. You already know the deal, motherfucker. What's up? Continue. So, um... You're famous. Uh, nah, nah, not yet. Um... I was DJing a show last night at uh, Sonia. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my guy, Jay Polished. Um, and, you know, there were like eight people performing before him. So it's like all their friends come in and then they just kind of like leave after their friends perform. So like in and out, if you count it up, it's probably like, you know, 150, 200 people. But when it was fattest, though, what was it? Um, I want to say like at least 50 or 60. Yeah. So you could lay down the law for a solid 50 and 60 people, correct? I'd like to think so, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. What's the biggest set you've ever played? Um, hmm. So um, our crew, uh, Balance, we do these uh, yearly shows called One. The sales pitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, little plug. So, um, yeah, before we get into Balance, though, I initially thought it was Blanc. Yeah, right? Which a lot of people does, have said right? that to me, too. Yeah, It makes sense now, though. Yeah. Especially when you send me the logo, I get it. Mm-hmm. But can you kind of, before you start dipping into everything, kind of explain, like, the poetic version of why you chose Balance? Yeah. Um, this was, like, the wildest thing of all time. <laughs> Guy booth thinks pretty intrinsically. You know, so I don't know. I was just um, in college, just kind of, you know, under pressure from all these different things. You know, um, trying to make it in music, trying to do well in school, appease my parents, all that. Um, and then, you know, like as I thought more of it, it's like, in order to be in the best like state mentally, you got to have like balance in all these different aspects. So you got to like balance all these things. So I thought that was like a cool name for what we were trying to do because we were trying to balance, you know, being a student and like working side jobs and trying to do music gigs where we're not getting paid because no one really knows us. So how how do you think your balance is now compared to then? So what was this like two, three years ago? Yeah, um, definitely better just because, you know, like once you're out of school, it's like a lot of a lot less pressure, at least, you know, you go to work during the day and then at night it's like oh, you live your second and third. Yeah, life. yeah, yeah, yeah. That basically did. Yeah, bro, I'm struggling with balance so bad. Yeah, terrible. Well, that's because you do way too much shit, dude. I, I don't know. know how you can manage all that. I know, but I just really like my motor has picked up a lot recently, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm less effective. I do more, but I'm less effective in the things I do. Right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because you're like spreading across too, too many things. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm trying to figure out, okay, how do I tunnel focus right. on like yeah. four or five things? Are you like, ever able to like? put your podcast hat on when you come here and then put your like jerry pelota hat on mm. when you go to work that but but like, you're still thinking about other stuff yeah in the back bro, of your mind. i'm just yeah. too tapped <laughs> yeah i'm trying to get better though it will happen over time mm. so before we move on do you want to give a quick synopsis of who you are or would you like me to do it um i'll give you the sales pitch yeah, yeah, yeah. so about two months ago Maybe two and a half months ago. Actually, this started before. Yeah. I don't know initially when we had We met. first... Um, it was on Instagram? We maybe? were in contact in Instagram, yeah. Why? Because... Did I hit you up? I probably hit you up. Sad, you like hit me songs, up. Right? Um, you were like, yo, Sweet Beats. And I was like, yo, like, cool skits that you guys are doing on YouTube. And then I think we... Because you went to Providence College. Yeah. And, and then I, you're, oh, yo, you know Mia Casper? Yeah, man. yeah. Shout out Mia Casper. Shout out to Mia. Um, and then, yeah. No, well, I think, and then I, 
I hit you up in the DM. I was like, yo, man, I'm throwing this concert. I'd love for you to come. Mm. I think you bought a ticket, but you couldn't come. Some shit came out. I can't forget. So what I think I was just like following you on IG, and then I'd seen you at uh, Connus's listening party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the and you, were, you were blitzed. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were blitzed. You would love the moments. Energy, substance. <laughs> so I think we were talking about the studio a little bit, and then randomly... If you guys got me on Snapchat, you know I put up the snap the lineup videos consistently. <laughs> Abu was at the barber shop, and I yeah. was like, "Dude, I'm looking for like a banging." Did producer. you go recently? Your your cut looks fresh right now, dude. Thank you, bro. Yeah, I did. I'm a little dusty myself, man. So the lines are still sharp, though. Yeah, I try. I try. It's just the best feeling in the it's world. Good jeans, man. Who do you usually go when you get there, Manuel? I don't have a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when um I used to go to this barber shop called Waltham's Finest. Oh, I know right where that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, and um, I had my guy Eddie there. Um, and then you left Eddie. And went to no, the Eddie left boys. me, man. He oh, went, where'd he go? He went to um, Titletown Barbershop in Natick. Dude, it's competitive with these barbers. For real, they yeah, they yeah. open up their own shops. Yeah, they. I mean, so I guess like the the way they run it is like each barber they basically rent a chair from the shop. Five hundred bucks a month normally. Okay, I didn't know the, the number, but yeah, and then like whatever you make like on top of that is just like you keep it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I asked them. Well, let me just continue real quick. Yeah, so yeah. I saw Boo at the barber shop, and for a long time, I was just like, I need a really just a savvy producer who is much smarter than I am, especially on a technical end. And I was like, damn, Abu's that guy. <laughs> but the most interesting thing about Abu is, although he's an extremely talented producer for the show, so he's been cutting up a lot of the clips you guys see, he has his hand in so many different things and understands so much stuff that is way over my head. He's wildly creative. He makes dope beats. He does live sets DJing. He works a job in like information technology. Like software development. Software development. Andy's a great guy. Andy's inquisitive. Andy's kind. Shout out to you, bro. Thank you, man. Have you enjoyed the podcast thus far? Yeah, dude. Um... It's weird, like, being on this side of everything now. Because you're always in that seat. Yeah, just, like, watching. But, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, I think it's cool to just be on, like, a production environment, which I haven't, like, really been on. And then also I think it's, like, dope to just meet all these guests that you have on because I think they're all, like, very interesting people. I know. Has the show at least provided you a little bit with, like, Dan, there's way more to Boston. Oh, for real, yeah, yeah. Just because... you know, for a while, I was just so focused on, like, the Boston music scene. As was I. But, like, there's just, like, all these other entrepreneurs just period from Boston, like, doing their own thing, trying to make it grow, trying to make it happen. I know. And, the, and I mean, one thing about the show which has been dope is it's kind of crossed the line mm-hmm. between a lot of these things. But, like, there's not – I'm just hoping we can make things in the city more cohesive through the show. Right. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's one, like, big goal of mine. But – Additionally, why don't you just kind of give a quick synopsis of who you are and what you do? Uh, sure. Um, and tell them what your real name is, because it's still got like five million names. <laughs> so I usually go by Boo. That's my like uh, nickname that I've had since I was little. But um, my full name, like my government name, is like Arunbold Butjargal. Arunbold Butjargal. Yeah. Did I say right? Yeah, yeah. So that's um, that's a Mongolian name, and I was born in Mongolia. Um, moved to the States around 2005 when I was like 18. I mean, not 18, 8. Um, and then, like, how old are you, bro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is like 40. I'm like, what's going on here? Um, and then lived in Waltham, uh, Massachusetts for um, basically my whole life. Like, grew up there. 
so do you kind of want to explain like how you started getting into music a little bit and the yeah. creative side of things? Sure. Um, have you always just been creative, or, mm, or is it a discipline? I guess. Thing? Like I was, I was always into music. Like just ever since I was little. Like I just loved like listening to music. Um, what was your I, earliest favorite? Um, I was listening to this like one Mongolian dude called uh, Bold, Bolt. Well, like the Mongolian pronunciation is like Bolt, but like it's pronounced, it's B-O-L-D. spelled B O L D. Yeah, yeah. And what was he like a pop and, star? And like he was like one of like the first like kind of like pop stars of that generation that what, I kind of grew what up. What is it, what is Mongolian sonically the music like? Sonic, um, is it like K-pop? So he um, that dude was making just some like you know like regular old like R and B type stuff. You know like the Tyrese's <laughs> and like the <laughs> That's yeah yeah. So like um, but like in the, Mongolian, but in Mongolian yeah. So like. It's almost like I definitely remember like some of the instrumentals like that I've heard like of his that like I um, as I grew up I learned that they were like from like other like American R and B songs. He's kind of like ripped the instrumental and like sang over it. And um, so then you move here when you're eight, and what's the first track you remember? When we're eight, I remember hmm. Ludacris's rollout was big. Yeah, um, the Massacre was coming out right around that time. Fifty hmm. Cent Massacre, Destiny's Child was hot. Yeah. Do you remember any of that stuff? Not really, honestly. Because um, when I first came here, I was still listening to like the Mongolian stuff because like English that's all I knew. Right? Yeah, right. And then, but one of the things that like still like to this day I remember is um, I think like you know in like you, in, oh word in like fifth or sixth grade we had like a snow day and then like I'm just watching like MTV like at like eight or nine a.m. in the morning just doing nothing and then. Um, the Kanye West Good Life video came on, uh, and you know how he's got all those like animations and like drawings, like kind of like dancing around him. I was like, "Wow, what is this? Like, who is this, this guy?" This is the most <sighs> and enhancing then, experience. Oh of all my time. god, dude! Like, what a video! And like with that T Pain feature, just like such a great track. So that was my first um, uh, experience, like um, listening to Kanye West music, you know. And then ever since then, I was hooked, and like. I really think he's, like, one of the guys that, like, um, kind of inspired me to, like, produce and, like, do all these things because he's kind of, like, a do-it-all-by-himself kind of guy, you know? It's crazy how many... I mean, obviously, people are are pretty polarized in their opinions of Kanye now. Right. But it's... It's crazy how much impact he's had with, mm. for creatives mm-hmm. everywhere you go. Yeah. He's I mean, like one of the most inspirational creators. Almost ever. like every single artist I've met, you know, like music artists, like they've always just like had um, the highest praise for Kanye in like terms of like creativity and like inspiration and all that. Did he mix his own songs, you know? Um, I don't think that he mixed them, but um, he definitely like produces a lot of his own songs. You um, could probably mix them if you wanted. Probably, sure. yeah, yeah. How many hours does he spend in the studio, you know? Yeah. So you move here when you're eight, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And your family, what is their motivation of moving from Mongolia to, to um, come here? So actually, my mom was, um, she got accepted into grad school at uh, Brandeis, which is, uh, funny enough, where I went to college. Which is your alma mater as well. Yep. Um, Play that family card. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so like that was like, you know, it was a good opportunity for her to get an education. And then it was a good opportunity for me and my brother to, you know, um, have like an upbringing here how old your brother my brother is five years older than me so probably 27 28 right at this okay. point yeah he still lives in Walthammer. he lives in watertown uh yeah um him and his wife oh shit. yeah he's married mm-hmm. they got a kid on they got uh, a kid soon i don't know what? about that but maybe maybe 
Uncle Abu. Yes, sir. I'd love to be an uncle, dude. I think I'd be a great uncle. What about a dad? You think you'd be a great dad? I think I'd be a great dad, too. But I think you'd be an awesome dad. Yeah. I don't know about me, man. <laughs> Whoa. Though I worry about having kids sometimes because it's like, dude, what if you just bring an absolute monster into this world? Right. Yeah, I think about that, too. Like, oh, like what if you, you get with a chick and then you guys have a kid and it gets the worst characteristics from both of you? Ugh. Um, dude. yeah, dude, it's definitely a possibility. Cause like, I don't know. I feel like kids definitely pick up on things that you don't like intend to kind of like project to them, you know? Well, sometimes I wonder if they're going to be born with some of the worst qualities that you have. Yeah. You know what I'm it's saying? It's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. The, I yeah. mean, genetics are wild. Yeah. What, uh, what would you say your worst quality is? Like, My, what would you want to work on the most? Mm. Um, like periodically I get into these slumps where like, I'm just like very unmotivated. So like there are things on like my, like, you know, like to do list, like in my mind, but I'm just like, have no motivation to like do any of them. Have you ever just written them down? I've tried like, um, I had like a little like whiteboard. So like the, everyone's got one of those. Yeah. Right. The little like gold board. You haven't touched in months, right? Uh, (laughs) Years, years. It's still, are all the same notes still there? No, I like erased them at this point. It was pissing you off, so you just Ooh. erased it. I. Oh shoot! Ooh. we're good. Just right. clip, clip for a second. Just my headphones. Um, okay, so yeah, so you move here when you're eight from mm-hmm. Mongolia, correct? Yep. Elaborate on what that's like for your family. Are you like nervous? Are you shocked? Um, you're leaving everyone behind. Like you're on the other side of the planet, bro. Funny enough, I remember um, right before we were leaving, we were at like the Mongolian airport, and then like I got this like very like I was like an eight year old kid. I don't really understand my emotions and all that, but like I got this like overwhelming like urgency of like, damn, I'm leaving like home and like all everything I know behind. So I like I start bawling at the airport. Like as you remember it vividly, yeah, because like my cousins were like um, looking at me through the window, like, like what is he doing? Like why is he just like bawling his eyes out right now? But after that, I was just, um, I was, like, excited, you know, because it's, like, new territory, new things that I see every day. And then... Um, it's a lot when you eat, though. Yeah, right? And then I think my, like, parents probably were just, like, freaking out in the back of their mind because, like, you know, they're bringing two young kids into a country that they don't really know much about. What, what was the status of Mongolia at the time politically? Um, I think it was democratic. So it's, like, a, um, I think they... They were under, you know, like, the Russian influence until about, like, don't call me on this, but until about, like, the 70s or the 90s, and then they kind of did this um, slow transition into a democratic government. But it wasn't tumultuous, correct? It wasn't like your parents were leaving because... No, no, no. We um we had a pretty good life there. Like, um you know, it's like... The Mongolia is, like, very interesting. It's, like, a very, like, uh, vivid mix of, like, this um old traditional, like, nomadic lifestyle where, like, you know, like, you're... Especially like villages and stuff yeah like that. yeah yeah so like people have like the yurts you know like those like little like circular tents i don't actually um I my phone how do you spell yurt uh y-u-r-t that's like um i've i've learned that that's like the english kind of name for it in mongolian it's called a gear a gear yeah and so you were living in one of these uh no i um oh my, like one of those yeah yeah my parent my grandparents used to because like um, after they retired, that's just like what they wanted to do. And so they have like, they had like a little, like, um, handful of like livestock that they kind of like live off of. And oh, it's so pretty cool. Yeah. They still live on a farm? Um, no, my, um, so my grandmother passed away and so my grandfather couldn't do it like all by himself. So he's just like 
chilling in his own crib now, like a actual his house. Own, oh, and not not in a year. No, no. But um, you know what these look like? Have you ever seen um that scene in Harry Potter when they're mm, there's yeah. that big like Quidditch? Oh, it's cup. exactly like that. But it's like and they not, like open up and it's this it's huge not a mansion on the inside. It's just small. <laughs> is, it, is it self-heated or is it gas heated? Um, it, I guess it's self-heated because, like, one, it's, like, pretty well insulated because the whole outside is, like, wool and, like, all these different layers of things. So not only is it warm in the winter, but it's also cool in the summer because, like, you know, it's got the shade on the inside. But um, traditionally, it's like a circ. You can think of it as, like, a teepee almost, but, like, a little flattened down. And then it's, like, a circle. And then traditionally in the middle, there's a um, big, like, wood stove. Um, yeah, and then you can... People what's, either, what's the climate like? Um, it really depends on the season. It, it ranges, right? Yeah, yeah. Mongolia is a big country. Yeah, it's huge, but um, the population is only like three million, I think. So small, it's smaller than Massachusetts. Oh yeah. Oh, but yeah. land-wise, how big? Land-wise, probably it's massive. Like, like here to Kansas. Mm, I think so. Yeah, yeah. If so you like if you the like US kind of yeah yeah, uh, maybe a little more than people? half. Mm-hmm. and it's just like so much land sounds boring right um so like you know there's the handful of big cities where it's like you know tall skyscrapers big buildings all that like traffic congestion your typical city stuff but then once you go out to the countryside it's like it's very eerie because when you look um down at like the mountains or something you, you see nothing for miles it must be nice though, right? Yeah, I don't know. Like sometimes it's nice, but like when I was little, like it always gave me this like uneasy feeling. It's just, like being like the only person in like, you know, like hundreds of square miles, you know. Yeah, I felt I went to Alaska like 3 summers ago and I was in a helicopter. Rich people problems, right? <laughs> but I but we were flying up onto this glacier. Yeah. And we ascended like above the summit of this mountain. And you could just see for thousands of miles just white cap mountains. Wow. And I was like, wow, that is like the most grand thing yeah. of all time. Like the earth is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of the same feeling? It's, like, it's so surreal, right? To just like see like. Because we're so used nature. to just being in like tight quarters mm-hmm. where we live. And yeah. So you're in Mongolia. Well, question what is Mongolia's status in terms of like as an economic force in the world? Um, is it a powerful economy? What do they provide? What's their I w- export? Mm, I don't know too much about this, but if I had to guess, I wouldn't say it was that um, powerful of an economic force just because, you know, we don't have that many people. And of the of the three million, like, a small amount are actually, like, working and, like, um, you know, like, contributing to, like, the overall um, economy Why, of the country. What do most people do? Um, it, it's, like, various things, you know, like, their agriculture job. a lot or um it depends because there's a big wealth gap right now so like you know the top five ten percent whatever it is they're doing all the banking and the government and like they're kind of you know running with the corrupt government officials kind of running everything so they have like a stronghold on like the decisions that happen and then the rest and oligarchy of the, yeah basically and um and then the rest are like either yeah like agriculture like farmers um, well Farmers is, like, a weird term because there's not a lot of, like, actual, like, things growing in the ground. It's more, like, keeping livestock alive. So, like, sheep, cows, um, goats, all that. And and do you know their major trade partners? Is it within Asia? Um, And is Mongolia considered Asia? Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's sandwiched right in between uh, Russia and China, so. And so is Russia considered Asia? 
I know it I th- sounds like a dumb question. I, I, I've always thought that, yeah, because um, they have like a little bit that extends into Europe, but like for the most of it, it's like in Asia. Well, there's one really interesting thing about this geographic region is that like there, if you go to one end of Russia, people seem very white and very Western, mm. but then you can go to another end where people like look nearly Chinese. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Is, is that so s- I think same thing with Mongolia or? Um, no, like Mongolians are just like Asian, Asian. Yeah, through and through. But um, I think you might be thinking of like Kazakhstan, like yeah. around that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's like um in india there's parts of russia that right, right yeah india too. yeah so i think that's like the regions where those people have like kind of like mixed in over time and that's probably like why they look the way they do but like i think in kazakhstan they either speak like um russian or some form of kazakhstani russian. yeah <laughs> something like that so you move here when you're eight mm-hmm. your mom becomes a student instantaneously and what yep. does your dad do start a business um so when we first started, my dad was just, like, hustling, doing whatever he could. So, I think, like, he was, um, right, like, initially when we got here, he was, like, delivering pizzas, delivering, like, newspapers at, like, 5 a.m. in the morning, just wow. trying to get that bag, like, whatever way possible, which is, like, something I highly respect because, like, you could just come here and be, like, all right, like, I don't know anything, anyone. I'm just going to sit at home and chill. But he was, like, nah, like, I'm going to go get it. That's fire. Yeah. D- and, did, he, um, did he stack up a lot of bread in Mongolia before he got out here? Uh, they probably did, yeah, because... You know, they're smart people. They wouldn't yeah, come with, like, a back of plan, yeah. Um, but after that, he... Um, this is in Waltham. He's delivering pizzas. Yeah, well, uh, we were living in Woburn um, for, like, a month or so. And then, yeah, and then we moved to Waltham. But So now he has, um, like, uh, his own, like, business um, where he, like, contracts out, like, um, like shuttle rides for um, dialysis and, like, hospital patients. So like, how did he do that, though? How did he transition... Um, and so, did he speak okay English? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, at the moment, at the back then, probably not. But like now, his English is like pretty fluent. very good. Yeah, fluent. Yeah. Um, but I think he got into that business because he started working as like one of the drivers, and then he saw an opportunity where it was like, all right, like I could do this for myself, and I don't have to like work for this guy. Like I don't think there was any like negative like relationships there. But he, he was, was like, like, I just have the skills to right. do it on my own. And so he was like, all right, I'm gonna do it, and then he got it done. Wow. Yeah. Has that ever brushed off on you, like some entrepreneurial sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that's why I have this sense of like I want to do everything myself, which like at a certain point can like kind of like you know like keep you from progressing Mm -hmm. forward. But like also at the same time, I think it's just like a good mentality to have. Yeah, yeah. That's why I like working with you, is because you. It's not like I have to like micromanage or like mm. anything like that. I just be like, "Yo, bro, what do you think?" You're like, "All right, yeah, let's just get it done." Right. Don't have you noticed there's benefits to to moving with a team who's equally as driven? Oh yeah, definitely. Because like, do you feel? Is it tough for you? Like, do you feel slowed down if you have some? You're working with someone who's slow. Yeah, because I hate it. It it just like bugs me, and then like the nice thing about like working with a team who's like on like the same page and like like same like wavelength Web, like yeah basically Balance. yeah 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 um is that like you know not only can you like delegate things to like other people and like trust them that they're gonna get it done but um also like they're just like extra motivation for you to go harder and like do all these things because they're like all right like i got this 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 and done and then i say to myself like damn like all right i gotta get my stuff done because i don't want to just like leave them like hanging out to dry like doing all the work kind of thing you know yeah and i i actually like working with other people especially like i like working with you because it's like okay 
you know, Abu won't be here, but we got to keep this podcast going, right? Like, right? We can't stop, so let me, like, line up great guests. Let's, like, run great episodes, and let's just keep the motor going, man. Mm-hmm. So, we had this conversation, I think, at Starbucks, but this is kind of a, a segue. So, you and I are in some boss talk, right? Mm-hmm. I've asked this, like, a million times in episodes, but you and I are in some boss talk in, like, 20 years, right? Yeah. You're, like, very creatively diverse. You have a bunch of different passions. Where would you like to be positioned? Like, and you're on mm. some boss shit. Yeah. I mean, like, you really are, you're killing it. Yeah. Um, I think ultimately I'm trying to be on my, like, Diddy or, like, um, yes, sir. A track. Yes, sir. Right That's now. my guy. Let's go. Because, um, I would either want to have, like, a record label under me or, like, a, just a whole, like, creative agency. Cause, you know, that's what I'm, like, really passionate about in life. But, but, um, I think I would, like, merge like the creative aspect with like some like um that business with that business and the technology because that's what i'm really passionate about too um so like something you know like technologically innovative that's um tailored towards the arts and like uh creative people and then you know some some business that involves all of those and i've had like a couple ideas but nothing like solid yet that I'm so you have an idea it's not like a vivid concrete plan though. it's yet. like i have like the destination of where i want to go and what i want to do i just don't have like the vehicle for doing that we'll get there though right yeah 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 how important is it to to grow it out of boston um because you like traveling abu is just in new york getting smacked up <laughs> getting just traveling and doing tourist just stuff traveling. I mean. <laughs> excuse me um i think I think it's pretty important that, like, I build that here because, like, um, one, I grew up here, so I have, a, you know, a love for Boston. But you got your American start here, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that matters to you at all, but... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, but what I see from, like, some of the artists that, like, may, like, you know, get popular from Boston is their immediate move is to go to L.A. or New York, which, you know, if, like, the labels, like trying to get you to do it and like that's how you're gonna get that bag is fine but like i feel like a lot of people you know they like to say oh there isn't good like uh there isn't like a good like music scene or like there's no resources there's no like creative scene in boston but like why not build those resources and like be the person that helps the next generation be like oh like i'm glad i grew up in boston it's like really helped me foster my creative like strength and all those things right yeah so you know like i my thought is like instead of complaining about it, why not do something about it? So yeah, we are yeah. literally in the same wavelength. And well, you'll hear the Dave Wedge episode, bro. So I asked him yesterday. I was like, "What is it going to take for Boston to become an, a major entertainment market?" Mind right. you, this guy is—he has the ability to start up like a big movie studio mm-hmm. here. Like Hollywood eyes are after him. They like his books. His book turned into Patriots Day. He's done all right. this stuff. He's working with Netflix. He's like, it will never happen. Straight up. He's just like, the roots are just too deep in New York and L.A. But I was like, okay, it will never be New York or L.A., but could there be a market here and could right. it get people jobs? He was like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's from a, an industry expert. <laughs> but Dave, watch, man. Watch what me and Abu do. Yeah, yeah. So... You you start ingratiating yourself over time into like Boston music. When did mm-hmm. that happen? In college or in high school? Um, Do you remember Melfi? 
I remember hearing about Mafia. I wasn't never um, a huge fan. Um, I also know, you know that band Air? It's like A-E-R. Oh, I forgot about yeah, Air. Yeah, right? They were like also popping in high school too. The girls loved them. Right? And then um, that dude, Sammy Adams. Sammy Adams, yeah, Boston yes, boy. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, but I, so I got into like music production in like high school, like freshman year. Very, um, like the early steps, like I was not good at all, just jamming out, doing my own thing in my bedroom. But um, once I got to college, um, the first thing was I met my homie Kyle Ryder. Shout out to Kyle. Shout out to Kyle. Um, he was also like a music producer, and we were both using this um, uh, software called Ableton, which is Familiar. like yeah. So like Ableton and like FL are kind of like the and Logic are like the three big like main like um, production softwares. Well, well, it depends. You go to FL for those drums, right? Right. Yeah. You go to Logic for recording live instruments normally, right? Um, I guess, but like you can really do the same thing on all three. It's just some make it easier some make it harder to do certain things so you kind of like got to figure out what works for you but um so i met kyle and then he's like teaching me all these like cool like tricks on ableton like just making me a better like producer in the period you know so um after that i think that's when i really leveled up and started making some like marketable stuff um quote unquote and then after that i met my homie um marcelo he goes by jerome b that's his um stage name but um, he's from Somerville, and he went to Brandeis, and we, I think, met through some, like, mutual friends, and I found out he was a rapper, and I was like, perfect, and I got beats. And so there's, um, there's like, this little, like... So were you aware during this time that there was, a like, a prevalent Boston music scene? Not at all, not at all. Um, I, like, knew, you know, like, these guys, like, Air, and, like, whatever, but, like, I, you know, those... Like, you didn't I know about all these people performing at the Middle East mm, and stuff I thought like those dudes were, like, you know, like, one in a million who, like, kind of, like, blew up by chance and, like, are doing their thing. I was like, all right, that's fine. But, like, I didn't know there was, like, a network of people, like, who were, like, really, like, getting after it. So we, me and Marcelo link up, and then we're, we were recording in this live, on this studio in the library that was probably, like, half the size of this room. Wow. It was, like, just the two of us, like, packed in there trying to, like, record. Like, it's hot in there. There's no fans. Just grinding like a friday night type thing you're going um not even just like whenever we got the chance so like monday through friday on the weekends everywhere um and then so we actually got a few projects out of that um so we did that for like three four years straight in the library yeah in the library like and then um sometimes like in my room i had my speakers up but i didn't have a mic at the time is this early college or uh this is probably starting late freshman sophomore year yeah yeah. so pretty early um yeah and then like through him, I um, met Connor, um, Connis, and then... A GDP alum. Yep, yep. And then... where his signature is. But is it... I don't know. Should say um, Connis. <laughs> and then through Connor, I met Gogo, who I've done... Energy! A, yeah, Substance! substance um, who I've done a lot of work with lately, and uh, we've been making some good stuff, and hopefully we'll continue to make hey, some hey, good Connor stuff. Hey, Connor and Gogo. Anytime I ask Abu who he likes in the city, Abu says you too, man. It's the truth, dude. Um, I really like those guys. Um, I believe they're going to make it, and they're doing some dope shit. And they're wicked original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my guy, um, Jerome B, too, we're, um, we got some stuff in the works right now that we're cooking up. He was actually here um, a couple of weeks ago Mixing. recording with Josh. Um, but yeah, uh, what was I talking about? It's um, very easy for me to like get like sidetracked. So me too. And I got like, no fo- I got like no focus today, so <laughs> I'm trying my best to lead a good one here. Yeah. 
So right, um, so Boston music scene, and then so like once I start meeting all these people, you know, like I. When, what's your meet- first trip to the Middle East? Because that's when mm. that's the once you get in there, it's like okay, I kind of see what's going on with the independence here right. in the city. Yeah, honestly, I think my first time at the Middle East was when I was um, DJing for Marcelo. So we were opening up for these dudes. Um, this dude Wiki out of New York. Have you heard of him? never uh so he's like he's uh pretty big in like the new york like underground scene like the underground rap scene but um he was marcello's like favorite uh rapper and so he was like yo like it'd be so sick if i can like open up for him and i was like word like um i'll dj your set like i got like all the um stuff on my computer i got you and then we pulled up and like um i think dj lucas was there too shout out dj lucas um and then that was the first time i met rilla force he's just like this tall ass dude just like fucking just going off on the turntables and then yeah that was my um first time at the middle east and i got to like you know, interact with all these artists and i thought it was just like so cool do you like independent music because i kind of feel like that's what you gravitate towards um yeah because that just at least at the moment that's what feels most authentic to me and like yeah, I f- yeah i'm picking some of the commercial stuff mm, i mean like some stuff i like but like the other ones i feel like it's just like too saturated you know like it's like the thing about like you know when you're writing songs at the level of like Beyonce and like Rihanna is that like there's like 20 30 people that have their hands in that song like when you release mm-hmm. it so it's like you know like all these people like writing for you trying to get your lyrics right and like trying to make it like most like palatable to a wide like um, range of audiences and then there's like the producer who's trying to be like you know like this has got to be a radio hit like we don't want to take too many you like think it dilutes from the creativity yeah 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 I, well like what's a formula at a certain point right you know? yeah and then like you know they found what works for them obviously you know they're able to create all these stars and pump out all these hits but that just like doesn't resonate with me as much but do you like the story of an independent artist turning commercial yeah like the like the chance to rapper story kind of did you like the new album uh i've I'm starting to... It's it's growing on me, definitely. Um, I think, like, when I... He's the definition of just keeping it authentic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, like, when it first came out, I was a little too uh, influenced by the memes. I didn't I didn't see him. Just, like, a lot of the memes are, like... People ripping on him? Yeah, like, there's one... Uh, <laughs> there's one funny one. It's, like, it's some dude, like, uh, mocking his voice, but he's, like... He, like... He's singing, like, ooh, I love my wife. Let's go b- ride a bike. Like... <laughs> It's like, you know, trying to Hot say that... shower! Yeah, it's trying to say that, like, his album's just, like, this, like, cheesy, like, generic, like, Wonder Bread type of thing. But, like, he's, like, being corny. Yeah. And, like, um, but, like, the more I listen to it, you know, it's, like, the beats are good. Like, his bars are on point. So, like, it's well, growing on me. Uh, yeah, but, and still, like, something to be said to just being yourself, man. Yeah. Imagine. I mean, you can't you can't blame him for being in a really good spot in his life, you know? That's awesome. I think I would rather have him make, like, genuinely happy songs and positive things rather than, you know, being this guy, like... And he dominates that niche. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but, like, I would not want to have him, you know, be this, like, happy guy in real life and then try to make all these, like, fake, sad, and, like, deep songs that, like, don't feel genuine, mm-hmm. you know? I I really like all of his tapes. I really What's like your favorite book. Coloring book, yeah. I like Coloring that one book too. reminded me of when I had just started making videos, like when I had really just started hustling, like all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was working for Grubhub. And oh, it, and it just came out, 
and I was I would just drive around. I'd listen to like mixtape and like same drugs and smoke mm. break. Like, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I'd be going through your neighborhood too. You know, Demos that restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'd be scooping food from there consistently. Oh, wow. A little swipe, take a little bite, <laughs> drop it off at the crib. So, you 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 do appreciate when independent artists can turn commercial. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, but are you ever nervous it's going to dilute the art? that's the goal for all independent artists right, whether yeah. they say or not like I want to be independent my whole life no humans want to be successful right humans want to do better for themselves mm-hmm. you know yeah it's um it's it's interesting because on one side you know like staying independent means you have full creative control and you can make the things that you, you want and you can express yourself the way you want right but then on the other hand if you get signed to a label you have a lot of funding behind you. So not only can you do some really cool shit and like have all these big budgets for videos or like projects, but you know, um, they're really going to push the advertisement and like, you know, like the plaster you on billboards, do all these ads and stuff. And I that's just, just going to increase your reach. I think I just hate when people, they try to demote progress in someone's career. I think it's the stupidest thing ever. In like, what way? Like for instance, I hate when people are like, oh, well, this isn't that old stuff. Like, I've always hated when people say that. Yeah. Like, people are like, oh, we miss the old Drake. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I yeah, hate yeah. that, yeah. bro. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think there's anything more satisfying of seeing another human start to glow up. Yeah. I love it, bro. I um I saw this really funny tweet where it, was, um, it had a gif of, like, someone who was just, like, disoriented and, like, you know having all these like mind-blown type of moments but like the quote was like when you go to a concert and you realize the artist is a real person and like i think that's um and that was funny at the time but like that um Mm -hmm. just like made me think of that because like when you're when you idolize these artists so much you're just like wow like this you hold them to a higher standard it's like yeah you like you think of them just like as like not even like a human being yeah it's like, like some kind of deity that's like just supposed to like pump out just music all the time but like in reality it's like these are people going through going through changes in their life and they're trying to express themselves and like get these stories out and you're never going to get the same story out of them twice so i don't think anyone should expect or you the will, old stuff get, from artists yeah yeah i mean right yeah yeah so like you know that's why like that's why drake's so great dude. yeah His there music's... are some artists who have been making the same music for like the last 20 years and that's why they haven't like quote-unquote blown up but then there's these other artists who are experimenting with their sounds and trying new things and seeing what people like and seeing what they like and then through that they like find their sound like their true sound and then that's like what resonates with most people because like that's like the the most genuine form of them kind of coming through the speakers you know how do you try to push yourself in breaking old habits um that's something i've been focused on a lot in terms of like music production or just in general in, in your life um i really think the best way to break old habits is to build better ones that fight those so like got dr phil in the building <laughs> Cause like um I always uh, I always think you know like what can I do today that's just like a little bit that I can do that's gonna set me up for success in the future. So dude, we're gonna be working together for you. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's kind of like you have all these like um think of them as like Lego like little blocks. So if you like a block by itself isn't much, you know, it's just like this one little tiny thing. But if you can stack those up over time, you can have like a little pyramid, little pyramid, little spaceship, whatever you want to build, dude. Spaceship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah, going yeah. on the spaceship? Yeah, that might be my vehicle, dude. Oh, that'd you know? be fire. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. you really have to like build those things. So like, and 
obviously like i'm not like some kind of like guru who's like got I, it all i talk the same out, way though sometimes right because yeah. i just want to be successful so yeah. bad that it's like you just in your mind you, you try to visualize and manifest like okay what's it going to take today to get a little bit for mm-hmm. so for me those goals are like you know like making at least one beat a day or doing at least like one kind of like video edit or like having my hand in something creative every day and then um yeah just like you know practice is like like the age old saying like practice makes perfect is like so true because you just got to keep doing it and little but little by little and then before you know it you'll be like a master of something where does are you a patient do you deem yourself as patient? I've grown to be more patient. You seem much more patient than I am. Yeah. How how do you balance it, and how how did you develop it? Um, I don't I don't think there's like a way that you can develop it by force. It's just like as you mature, I think that's just one of the things that you learn about life is that nothing comes easy or quick. And you the know, good thing is you gotta you have to struggle for it, right. all the good things. And like especially in our generation, it's very hard to see all these people become like overnight sensations on social media and like be like damn like why can't so that happen to me you know but like the the thing in reality is that like for them that might not be what they wanted at all because you know like they're just going to be known for that one thing for the rest of their life there's gonna be like oh like that that's that dude who blew up on vine or that's that dude who had that youtube video that blew up so like if you can build yourself to that stature and like kind of learn all those things like um on that on the path to you know like i, I know what you're saying um then i think you have more control over you, like how you're going to be perceived and like how you go on from there you're more prepared yeah 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 yeah, yeah like when i was 19 i'd said this a couple times but so i started making the, my youtube videos when i was 19 mm-hmm. and i was talking with my friend back then i remember i was like walking around i was walking my dog and i was like dude I've been I've been funny my whole life. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make five videos and I'll I'll be in Hollywood. Like I literally thought that. I was like I'm gonna literally make five videos, and I'll one of them will go viral and I'll be blown out. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. No, but it, it's good to have those thoughts because you know that's what made you started get started in the first place. You know all these dreams and like goals and aspirations. Yeah, but it's been over the past three four years where you really start to cement yourself and like what you want to get done right especially all the l's like have you ever taken a vicious l's Mm -hmm. what's the worst um i mean i've had some like really bad like dj sets um like get off the stage not quite like gotten booed off but like you know like i'll make some like mistakes that i know like in my head i would like if i saw someone else do it i would just be like damn this dude sucks but um you know like wicked embarrassed What's up? Were you wicked embarrassed? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, my face just, like, started, like... Getting red. Getting oh, red the worst that. feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I've sent some, like, beats to artists with, like, no response or, like, they'll oh. be, like, you know, like, oh, I'm not feeling this. Like, that's, like, not that's quite now, but, like, but, yeah. You should see my emails. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Have you had any other very embarrassing moments DJing? Mm. None, nothing other than, you know, like a casual mistake or like cutting out the sound by accident or something. Um, actually, this, um, this like, this turntable that I use right now, um, me and my boy Kyle, like, we share it basically. It's kind of like um, toss it back and forth whenever we need it. But he, I, he does live sets too. Yeah, yeah. At, um, at one point, it was like you couldn't DJ for more than like 10 minutes without like this terrible, terrible static coming up. And then, oh, actually, so Big I was. crowd? huh big crowd yeah funny funny enough i was um 
DJing a sorority, uh, like, um, what did they call those? A formal at Brandeis. Whoa. And then, you know, I'm throwing down some, like, Drake or, like, whatever they like. And then it starts doing the static thing. And it's just, like, this terrible, terrible, just, like, loud, like, crackling noise. Like, the music's sort of playing, but, like, the static is, like, so overwhelming. So I cut the track. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And then this girl comes up. She's like, what's going on? Like, where's the music? And I'm like, all right, like, I'm trying to fix it. Just give me a few minutes. And then she's got these, like, big-ass, like, nails on her hand. And then she starts, like, you know, tapping on the table right in front of me, dude. And she's, like, not helping at all. You were pissed. Yeah. I, like... Chokeslam. I couldn't be, like, you know, like, GTFO because, like, it's their yeah. thing. And I'm, like... Um, I'm there to like kind of serve them a little bit so you know we unplug everything I know that's reset so all. for a DJ though when someone enters your zone like that right yeah because everyone wants the attention of like being there oh man dude I've had so many moments where like I'll I'll be DJing somewhere and then people will just get on the stage and like start like dancing on the stage trying to like yeah because you're, you're the center of attention yeah it's like annoying just like go into the crowd and enjoy like with everyone else like. i know well i know it's natural for people to just want more attention yeah. i throw a big party in providence and dude the kid i had djing everyone was going up to him and like people were going behind him it was a sick party but people were going behind him they had headphones in and they were like mocking <laughs> and then they're like dude get these people the, the fuck too. out of here man <laughs> And they'll actually like touch it and like interrupt the music and shit. It's, like, you just start pulling the action bronze and just start slamming people. Yeah, <laughs> bro, I will tell you. I would bro, hate to get slammed by Bronson, dude. He's, dude, he, he's a big, big I, boy. I, well, he's not even that tall, but he's powerful as yeah. hell, bro. That Albanian strength. <laughs> I know, bro. I love his branding. He's a oh, genius. Yeah. yeah, and it's dude. He's just a master of words. I just love hearing him speak because he can say like the most beautiful connoisseur. Stuff. Yeah. And he, um, dude, have you ever seen him, like, Action Bronson makes the world taste you sandwich? I feel like I've definitely seen that, yeah, yeah. Dude. Was that a Munchie episode? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That whole series. Oh. My God. We gotta start getting chefs on the show. Yeah, for real. I'm, dude, like, we should do a live, like, cooking podcast or something. That'd, That'd be, be so dude. fire. Well, one, we, you gotta meet the keto kid. Mm. Nick. You'll okay. love him. A word. But we should definitely do something in health soon. Wellness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So real quick, this is unimportant, but I want to tell you a quick L of mine. You ready? Do tell. Sure. So there was one time I was at my cousin's graduation party. This has nothing to do with career or anything like this, <laughs> but I was at my cousin's graduation. I just got to get this off my chest. Yeah, yeah. I was at my cousin's graduation party and I was 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was 15. It was my freshman year and of high school. And you know how graduation parties get boring. There might be a moon bounce. Their parents drinking underneath the white. Damn, tent. you guys had a moon bounce. I didn't. Oh, uh, there's a lot going on out here. Moving in couches, moving out couches. Whoa. But so listen, um, everyone's bored. So there's all these like family members there, whatever. And they're like, all right, let's play Red Rover. So I'm like 15, right? And there, you know, there's like some seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, there's some seventeen-year-olds playing. It's like a big group of kids, right? Right, right, right. And so I have this tendency when a lot of people are around because I like to entertain. So I'm like, all right, yeah, let's do it, whatever. So someone on the other team had this bright idea that you know what to make the game most fair. Let's do little kid, big kid, little kid, big kid in the link. You know how Red Rover yeah, works, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That way, everybody has a fair shot of getting through, right? Mm-hmm. The one problem with that is that 
if you're a big kid, you got to run through a little kid. You know what I'm saying? It just makes the most sense. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I'm priming my attack here. Like, where should I go? Where should I go? So I see a 16-year-old kid, but right next to him, there's like a 6-year-old girl. But I'm like, all right, you know, and I'm not not going to run full speed. <laughs> so it was probably a solid 20-yard dash. I run full speed, right? Wow. Head down. Bro, the girl does not release her hand. She does not release her hand. So I body the, ch- the little girl. I body the 16-year-old kid. They both fall down. And so her wrist, she didn't break her wrist. Like, she doesn't do it. So her wrist just hyperextends and bends back. And so I get up and I'm like pumped because I like just bodied these two people, right? Like, fucking go. Girl starts bawling her eyes out, right? Oh, man. And so I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Everyone's looking at me. Uh, Everyone's looking at me. They're like, dude, what are you doing? All the parents are watching. I'm like, oh, you shit. psycho. It doesn't end there, right? She's bawling her eyes out. She's being a little dramatic. She wanted to get ice on her wrist, whatever. And so, dude. I I kid you not, her dad was an Italian Italian bodybuilder, right? Oh, damn. And I find out that her Italian bodybuilder dad- Was he bigger than Mike? Much bigger. And he's like 40, so he's got that dad, bam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, he is searching for me. Wow. All over the party. So this is one of the weakest things I've ever done in my life. <laughs> but I'm like, yo, this dad's about to beat my ass. Everyone's looking for me. There's a search party. I, f- I figure there's like helicopters above, dude. I don't even know what's going on. So I go and I hide in my sister's van. And I pull a blanket over me for two wow. hours, bro. Damn. While they're looking for me, right? Mm-hmm. And so the, it comes out that the girl I hit was the neighbor of the person running the graduation party. Uh, right so dude i swear to god the dad finally finds me after two hours and rips open the van door pulls off that blanket pulls off the blanket and he goes i want to talk to you i have to walk up the hill to his house (laughs) bro the dad reams into me for two hours he's like you've scared her eternally from playing sports she will never play sports again so if you were my age i would choke you Wow. And so I'm over here like, dude, could this day get any worse? It's a little dramatic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But that was one of my biggest L's. Wow. Damn, dude. How did he find you? Did someone give you up? or He never gave up. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that persistence, boy. Wow. I know. So, okay. Um, I want to just segue quick. I think we should run like 10 episodes. I think we should do it a bunch. Anytime. Yeah. Anytime we want to check in we'll do one especially oh, yeah. if you have stuff to promo oh yeah one tell them about your well this will come out after your gig but yeah a booze um, gig in tomorrow yeah yeah we got a summer vibe um shout outs to bt living they organized a cool event um i've seen on instagram that they got these like big like blue like you know those water barrels that they put on like the highway to like protect like from crashes and stuff they got like 20 of those and they're like painting them white so i'm curious to see what they're gonna do with that but um it's at the warehouse warehouse 11 in um somerville yep very cool spot. Um, that's actually funny enough where we held the first one event. Um, What's one? With uh, Balance. Like, that's oh, like, we like, get all these artists in. Oh, like, I didn't know you've organized events before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, we do them every year. This year it got a little delayed, so we're going to do it in like January. But 
um, our theme is that like we get new artists from Boston every year, so it's like never the same artist um, like two years in a row, basically. Good idea. Yeah, and so you know that was um that's like the brainchild of Marcelo, and he's like really passionate about you know bringing attention to all the independent artists uh, from Boston. So it's a really cool thing. And then um, one year um, we had, do you know Prophet? He's a rapper from um, the Mystic Valley Project. P-R-O-F-E-T. P-R-O-P-H-I-T. I don't. Yeah, shout out to Prophet um, and MP. Shout out. Yeah, and um, up. but like they, when they were performing, man, like they had like a really, really big crowd against them. And then like we turned the lights out, everyone had their phones out. It's like this really like raw, just like great moment. So um, that was like a really like highlight moment of like one of the one shows. Yeah. And so you'll do another one coming up. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do another one. Um, hopefully uh, we're going to have Ill, Ill Addict on there. Um, you met them. Yep. Very cool guys. Um, my dude, Mellow God. Um and I you think you're looking at Kmart too. You'd really like Kmart. Kmart, yeah, yeah, yeah. I fuck with them. Stay um, on my dolly. <laughs> um, yeah, I met him at a uh, Connor show actually because he was yeah, like he one of the openers. Yeah, right. yeah, and he was just like a, a very Nick cool Beth guy. performed too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was killing it. Wow. What? I'm sure she's pretty passionate, right? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Pretty passionate. Mm-hmm. Trying to yeah. get better with the pronouns. <laughs> Sorry, Mick. Oh yeah. Okay. Shout out, Mick. Quick segue before we end here. Sorry if I seem a little flat today, bro. My bad. I didn't sleep very much last Dude, night. Dude, I did not either. I, um, we should have just told each other at the start. I slept <laughs> like I probably slept two hours. When did you go to bed? Really? Well, I just woke up and I couldn't go back to sleep. Uh, I was like, "Dude, big Hollywood's coming." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was um, DJing at the Middle East last night. Came home around like one, one thirty, and like I was in bed still sweating. Like all this adrenaline was like running through me, and I like probably didn't sleep till like three or four. Woke, woke up. up at eight. Yeah. But you know, had but, my had my space juice with me, so. But hey, we still got it done. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cold brew. That's what you were rocking with. That's yeah, not space juice. Well, what's what's yours? What's your daily? I'll floater? never tell you. I'll just get you one. <laughs> All right, I'll have to try it in person. Yeah, you can make yeah, damn. Yeah. No, I'm uh, I'm very passionate about cold brew, man. I don't know why, dude. I think it's it just does, I don't like the taste as much. Really, I I think it tastes way better than just like regular iced coffee. I don't think I think there's a myth to it. I really don't think it's as concentrated. Oh, it is. I mean, it depends on how you brew it. So, like, for a while, I brewed my own, um, um, like, cold brew. At home? Yeah. And so, the, the steps that hit? I... Oh, yeah. Would you use French press? Yeah. So, what you do is um, you get, like... I forget what the ratio is, but I think it's, like, four cups of water to one cup of, um, like, coffee grounds. And so, you put it in there. That's my issue. Yeah. So, uh, your ratio might be off, but my your steep time might also be off. Because what I do is I put the coffee grounds in there, put the water in put the french press in but don't press it like leave it you know like and at the top push yet yeah and then you put it in the fridge for 12 hours that's the optimal like and cold then you brew push steep down? time and then you push down and then you can like put it to a separate container so you don't have all those like things floating around but oh, then dude, that's why you it wait hits, for dude. five minutes no, no no that's regular coffee you steep like hot water like hot what, what's happening chemically when you brew so that's the brew. that's the key differentiating i did a lot of research into mm-hmm. this but that's the key differentiating factor right when you uh brew coffee with um hot water something about the temperature releases um the bitterness in the coffee and so with cold brew because you're doing it with cold water over an extended period of time um it doesn't release those like or as much of those like bitter kind of like um whatever particles those are so um, it actually comes out tasting sweeter without having to like do any like um, add any sugars or sweeteners or anything like that. 
we should get a coffee con- actually i guess we already had one but yeah. uh yeah i've been trying to do the french press at home bro but i just don't think that the coffee really does has effect yeah i would watery. um so like even like four to one is like it's going to come out very concentrated one, so one teaspoon no no one cup of oh, coffee grounds cup yeah of, yeah so maybe yeah. i'm not doing enough coffee you, you might not like four be. teaspoons i don't think that's enough not with how much water but they're already ground yeah yeah uh i don't know like six cups of water Mm, yeah that's that's your way yeah yeah so if you're like french pest can support it i would say do one cup of coffee grounds cup cup and then four cups of water let that sit marinate that's that a boo sauce press it and then even then it's too concentrated so a lot of people like to like dilute it and water it down so like realistically you're gonna get four cups of this like really concentrated coffee but once you dilute it, you get about but six or eight. But that'll make all the difference. Yeah, yeah, four cups. Whoa. Yeah. Also, do you like my nickname for you? What? Big, Big Fresh? Fresh. Yeah, yeah. Big dude. Fresh. Yeah, Marcel actually hit me up. He's like, yo, like, I love that he calls you that. Like, that's a great name. Big <laughs> Fresh. Yes, sir. Yeah, dude. I was thinking of one for a long time. I was like, what can I name this dude? But then I was well, like, what do you put as the emoji? It's like a cabbage, right? I've been doing some lettuce. Lettuce, yeah, But I did yeah, kiwi yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the greens, man. It's, that's, well, that's what I'm saying. You're just fresh. You come in here dripping. <laughs> and I, I can tell that your, your room at home is probably mad organized, right? Yeah. 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 I was actually just that's, cleaning yesterday. That's that hashtag? Balance. Big, oh, balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my philosophy is that, like, if you can keep your room and, like, whatever, your workspace organized and you're, like, head is organized up here and that's gonna allow you to be most productive that's part of the reason why i think i wasn't so focused this episode because i didn't finish the word document before this uh, i want to swallow this mic yeah. because you ever watch jimmy neutron of course have Brain you seen, blast yeah have you seen that one episode it was like um that evil um scientist who never finishes anything no wonder he's evil right <laughs> yeah I, I feel like that guy sometimes i just have like all these like unfinished things and I just go crazy and you just want to punch yourself in the mouth right? yeah, like, but not punch anyone else but only yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> I wanted to talk about AI a little bit I don't think we got enough time we're gonna get kicked out of here Jordan so next episode next time AI maybe we talk about some keto experiences some diet stuff some diet stuff well yeah and I'll be sharper next time too so we'll have a good intellectual conversation we'll both um, this was a good surface level conversation yeah, yeah. we'll both um, be sipping on that space juice next time no, we'll do the homemade space juice. Oh, better. Even better. Quick question. We, you've been part of a bunch of different episodes, variety-wise. Is yep. there one that's a stick-out to you thus far? Um, definitely um, Jack Gantos' episode. Hasn't, I was like, hasn't dropped yet. Hasn't dropped yet. I was um, editing that yes, uh, yesterday, a couple days ago. Crazy, right? Wow, what a, what a guy, man. Could what you a tell story. how captivated I was? I was like, oh yeah, my dude. God. You're just locked in the whole time. What a storyteller. Yeah. And like, I think that's what i was um like so impressed by is like you know this guy's an author so he's just like naturally good at like storytelling so he was like but it wasn't written he no like eloquent eloquent and like so vivid too i could just like see like everything he was describing when like he was talking about the boat and like being in the storm i could just see those big like tall waves coming in over the like boat and like all that and he was cool with my jokes man he got he's he was hip he was hip for like, I don't know how old he is, but he already had like a daughter in college or something or graduated yeah, college. Yeah, so. she went to NYU. Yeah, yeah. So he was pretty, he was, it was a pretty hip guy. kept calling him small shirt. <laughs> <laughs> she was hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was great. 
and then oh oh yo you're gonna do some music with mikey bonkers that's dope yeah 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 um, I've been following some of the anabolic aliens workouts. What is going on, aliens? <laughs> I also found the footage from a medium shot, but we'll just word. We'll revisit that after. Yeah. We I was cracking up at that photo of him with that ice cream in bed, the little promo pic. He's <laughs> absurd, bro. <laughs> He's a creature. Yeah, definitely driven though. I love talking. Oh, yeah. to him. Okay, you know how we started in the episodes, but mm-hmm. but yeah, listen. This was a service for a booze golden hour. For his platinum hour, his diamond hour. I haven't chosen what to do after diamond hour yet. Maybe like a ruby hour. What are all the Pokemon? Mm. What are all the Pokemon like diamond, pearl? Who uh, cares? I didn't really play Pokemon growing up. That's why you're so nuts, man. <laughs> all right. So you say, "Hey, I'm a boo. This is my golden hour." Mm-hmm. You'd say, oh, "I'm big fresh." And then after you say, "Hey, I'm a boo," and that was my golden hour. Bet. All right. Which one should I do? I mean, should I do them to different? I mean, I mean you're going to be the one editing it. Right, so, right. All right. Hi, I'm Abu, a.k.a. Big Fresh. Big Fresh is in the building. And this is my golden hour. I'll great. go to this one. Wait. Great guy. Great guy. This is a great guy, too. We're both great guys. Hard workers. Let's keep going. Uh, hey, I'm Abu, and that was my golden hour. <laughs>